0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable, and as promised, I'm joined again Shawn by Sean Mites. You probably thought, oh, part two, they're going to leave us hanging. Never. We're back. Before we get started, though, I'd like to encourage you all to subscribe, share, get this podcast out there. You do a good service to us every time you share this podcast with someone that's like, hey, I need something to listen to, or hey, I really would like to hear about political parties or third parties. If you share it, it spreads, much like a disease. (laughs) All right. As we wrapped up last week, we described the history of third parties. We described their influence on American politics and just how impossible it is for a third party to succeed. And then we were going to follow that up in that episode with our ideal third parties. And this is actually take two of this.
1: Yeah, with this issue being something that is so contentious, I felt personally that a little bit more time and thought would be useful for myself. And hopefully to be able to, you know, think through some of my ideas explain them a little bit more clearly and even with that like the ideas that i have today are not written in stone or concrete but are fluid and developing and i mean one of the best ways to develop better ideas is to talk to people you don't agree with and in an attempt to find real solutions and so anybody that hears this don't just let this piss you off about something i say i would be happy to discuss any of these topics and explain myself better if something confused you or angered you We do not have to live in a political society of rage and anger and distrust. We can communicate. We can connect with people. And from that, we'll come up with better and better solutions.
0: And I will echo that as well. Sean and I, while great friends, we do not agree on a lot politically. So this is an exercise in open dialogue and looking for solutions. So you're going to hear some drastically different ideals for government and for this country. But at the end of this, we're not going to hate each other. We're not going to throw our friendship into the fire and say, I'm never talking to that guy again. We can, as Americans, talk to each other and... I mean, this is the perfect example of that. So buckle up, get ready to hear some crazy or not crazy things as we work through bettering this country. Before we get there, though, we are now on the other side of the 2018 midterm elections. Do you have any takeaways or anything that surprised you or any feelings on that? Oh my
1: goodness. We live in an interesting state of interesting voters. We passed the medical marijuana amendment, but elected a senator that opposed it. We passed a minimum wage increase and elected a senator who opposed it we did not pass a gas tax but elected a senator who supported it
0: I didn't think of it that way, but you're exactly right. We took the governing into our own hands in the sense of these amendments and propositions, yet elected someone that is against all of those things.
1: Yeah, and then you have the marijuana amendments. So it's not that voters aren't thinking about things. It wasn't that all the medical marijuana amendments and the proposition passed. There were three of those. It wasn't that all of them passed. In some sense, the good one passed, and the other two that had their issues did not pass. So the one thing that voters really thought about and talked about and figured out was the medical marijuana issue but then we we have these discrepancies with our senator and then the other things that we vote on it makes you wonder sometimes but that's the beauty of voting it doesn't always make sense the founding fathers they didn't trust the masses to the vote And I'm not saying that was for good reason or not, but they had their reasons. And then we see interesting things like these different discrepancies come about. And it's kind of interesting. We live in an interesting state. And I really think Josh Hawley won because he was a Republican.
0: I concur. And not to go too far here, but I think this solidifies the fact that Missouri is no longer a bellwether state. That's dead. We are a Republican state all the way through. Your senators, all but one U.S. representative, all Republicans. You cannot make the argument that Missouri is a purple state. It's not. It's red.
1: Yeah, and I think that there is a particular aspect of the Republican Party that really appeals to a demographic, a group of people that may be likely to vote or may be more likely to vote as Democrats if it weren't for this one issue. Or, may be one group of issues and that's going to be part of the thing I talk about today because I feel like I am in that demographic. On the national scope of this, the House race, the House is designed to reflect the people more, and I think that we have that now. And I'm not talking about Democrat, Republican, but the number of women that won races
0: in the House of Representatives was incredible. Good for women. Women and minorities. You have the first Muslims, you have a Native American, you have some variety in there. There is some movement behind getting women and minorities involved, which is pretty cool if you think about it. I mean, it's a better representation of our country we're not all white men
1: present company excluded we are
0: white men but everyone's not
1: (laughs) that is true yeah so i'm really pleased to see that it's also going to be interesting the congress was built with an internal check since there's two houses so we don't have a direct check on the president necessarily but you know the founding fathers talked about checks and balances we have that a little bit unfortunately. There's a little bit of goodwill out there now, but the checks and balances weren't supposed to halt government action altogether, just the bad action with the idea that compromise could be reached between the two different
0: viewpoints. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we may be at a standstill, but you're right, there is goodwill uh, prior to the press conference that trump gave this afternoon where he's screaming at people to sit down and that was the most unprofessional display of things i've seen in a while and jeff sessions just resigned so who knows what's going to happen there but yeah for a brief fleeting moment compromise seems possible.
1: Hopefully compromise and, you know, finding best solutions is what wins out because that is governing. Well, Even Jefferson said it's government by the majority, but majority rule, but minority rights. And so that idea from early on in American history needed a little bit of that.
0: Definitely. That being said, let's go. Let's talk about our ideal third parties i'll let sean take it away
1: okay so the samaritan party you know taken obviously from new testament literature the story of the good samaritan you have two different groups but someone is in need and the samaritan kind of crosses the barrier and helps the person in need there's a lot that goes into that story and it'll probably come up again i mean particularly when we talk about health care but that's kind of the idea there is some middle ground out there on a lot of these big issues some there is not middle ground on and so there may be some controversy, no political party can address everyone's viewpoints on everything. But again, like I said, I think there is a demographic out there that doesn't have some representation. And some of the issues on that, you know, we talked about in the last episode, the social aspects of the Democrats, and then the moral aspects of the Republican Party. And there isn't a party that represents those two different ideals together that we can somehow address and fix social issues that we can be social justice warriors, like, you know, Jesus was, Or Martin Luther King, that we can do and work on social issues at the same time that we are keeping a biblical understanding of what morality is. And I think that's where some people get, you know, knocked off of the. Democrat side is because those moral issues are so key to a lot of religious people's views about how society should work. I do think that there is biblical ideas and precedent to deal with a lot of the things that we deal with and we don't have to deal with these issues or even talk about these issues in hateful and angry ways that we can do it with some guidance, divine guidance as
0: I would describe it. Seems very religious, very heavy-handed on that. Is that going to be part of your party? Is that more of an underlying guidance or is that like, this is a Christian party?
1: See, that's one of the things that I think breaks down a lot because I have a moral guide that I live by. I don't think that that means everybody has to live by my moral guide. This is where debate would come in. It's not necessarily a heavy handed thing if I'm making my immigration policies based on biblical ideas. It's not necessarily a heavy handed view because I don't know that that's where the Bible would. apply it's not like the bible goes through and tells you exactly what to think on all the issues like there's nothing in there about taxes i don't mean to be overly religious here i think you've brought that out but it is more of an undertone to answer your question
0: are atheists and agnostics welcome to your party
1: it's more about finding solutions and agreeing it's more going to be the social aspects the moral aspects that might turn some people off I mean that that's just one of the drawbacks of stating political views. I mean, maybe explaining some of these things would be sure uh, better examples. Dive of that. in, okay. Let's talk about something not very controversial: immigration. The idea that. Our immigration has to be either open borders or no immigrants at all, rejects a middle ground of understanding that allows people to move. I think the majority of people are okay with immigration to some varying degrees and who we're letting in. So, in the Samaritan Party, all people would be welcome the poor, widows, orphans, the rich. There wouldn't be religious tests. Our constitution doesn't allow religious tests, male, female. Doesn't matter. But I think one of the things that really kind of upsets people is the idea of open borders. people can enter illegally one of the reasons why people feel like they have to enter illegally is because the process to get in legally is so difficult if it is easier to walk across a desert than it is to enter through a port of entry and file necessary paperwork then we've got a problem with our paperwork the idea of immigration and the idea of checkpoints makes a lot of sense the government wants to know who's here one of the primary purposes of any government is to tax the people that are here so we need to have a record of people who are here so in a sense build the wall we could debate whether or not that's a waste of money or a good idea that for another time but build the wall but then the gate should be really big it should be broad that people could get in to the country find asylum where if people are weak or needy or fleeing injustice or genocide or war poverty famine disease if they are fleeing these things We should be able to offer them sanctuary. It's like in a church sanctuary. We should be able to offer them the same hospitality and generosity. And this, again, would be where the biblical idea would come from. That if America is a Christian nation, it should behave as a Christian. It should follow all of those laws and ideas that are set forth. So we should be welcoming. We should be generous. We should be hospitable. We've got to do something in that sense to reduce the complexity of entering legally. No people are here and then move on.
0: It sounds good in theory I like your immigration policy That's all this is Theory Uh, You would catch the middle I think you'd catch A lot of Democrats with that The right would be out Yeah, I see what you're saying. As I'm thinking about that and listening to you, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my party as well. I think it'd be fun to go through and talk about these issues in tandem, opposed to like here are three hour blocks of each of our individual parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my political party, and before I unveil this, I will have to say the whole entire two-party system and our government is completely flawed. And I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. Political parties are evil. Our founders said so before they departed. And here we are in a very hyper-partisan, terrible situation where we have to have this decision. Discussion. So ideally no political parties. I
1: thought that too. What if we didn't put their party on the names? What if exactly they weren't allowed to run in a party if you
0: had to run on your individual beliefs and what you could do as a representative and that's how you get elected. That would be awesome. And we can do that in this day and age with technology. That could be done. And that's scary for a lot of people. A lot of people find it nice that they can go in, not study a ballot, not study a candidate, and circle their political party. And they're done voting. They've done their job. But yeah, vote on the merits of people and what they're saying and what they've done. That'd be way cooler than voting for an R or a D.
1: Yeah, you should just put this segment earlier and then we don't even need to have this discussion that's true just solved we solved the
0: whole problem but we will play by the rules i also as i was researching how i wanted to express my party i found this lovely quote from one of my favorite anarchists you can't break the machine by using the tactics that the machine provides which indicates how worthless voting is and we're just controlled as sheeple but whatever i'll play by your rules government So my whole party is under the premise of we do not use government to impose any beliefs on any people. I wanted to call my party the Freedom Party, but I luckily Googled that prior and that's been co-opted by the white supremacists. So thank goodness I looked that up because that's not what I'm going for. Oops. So my next thing was going to be the Liberty Party because I'm all about freedom and liberty, but that sounds too much like the libertarian. So I settled on the Free People's Party, which sounds insane, but I'm going to stick with it. So we're the Free People's Party and our job is to protect you from the government. The whole premise is we're going to scale everything back. Nothing about the government would be oppressing people for their beliefs. And this is going to sound... Like a typical libertarian platform, if you know what a libertarian platform is. But what I want to do is avoid libertarians because that's a toxic group as well. If you go to like a libertarian convention, there are going to be people there that say four-year-olds should have driver's license and there should be no laws. That's not what I'm doing here. I want a small state. The government is a necessary evil, so I'm rebranding this. I'm not going from a pure libertarian platform. That being said, Sean just discussed his Samaritan Party's view on immigration, and I will echo that completely. That is exactly a platform tenet of my hypothetical Free People's Party. If you want to come join our country, yes, Come join this country. Strong border, absolutely, but the door is big. So I will echo that. I will steal that. I see our two parties working together
1: on that. I am somewhat surprised by that.
0: Why do you say that?
1: Well, I had never considered the viewpoint of your party before. It's an interesting thing. And so, like, libertarians far to the right.
0: Okay, so libertarian can be far to the right. I would not be that. If you know your political quadrants with the economy on the x-axis and the authoritarian on the y-axis, I would be more center and down on the y-axis. I would like to view myself as a centrist, but definitely more towards the anarchist side of that. So, like, libertarian, lowercase l, towards that end. Not quite all the way to anarchy, though, because obviously that's just a fun thought experiment. Wouldn't work.
1: Let's go to taxes. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Taxes should tax the wealthy at a higher rate. This is where I will lose, party will lose conservative votes, but I don't believe that corporations are currently paying their fair share, and particularly closing the loopholes would do a lot to help tax rates. Then we end corporate subsidies and start giving tax breaks to hard-working Americans who still live in poverty. And those are going to be ideas that are definitely going to be more on the left side. The other thing I'd like to put out is the idea of situational taxing in terms of the economy and the country as a whole. So a booming economy, taxes would increase. You got high employment rates, GDP is up, people are working, but the government would cut spending during those time periods because people are working, they have more money, increase taxes a bit, and decrease spending. A little rainy day fund. because then when the recession comes around, people aren't doing so well jobs are in lower supply then we can cut taxes and increase government spending and you got a little bit put away so you would run a deficit during recession times and during booming economies you would run a surplus so the idea of situational taxes, that we don't always have to have an idea for taxes but we can look at the situation that we're in trouble is during those like boom times nobody's thinking about rainy day You run the country like you run a household. You're making some extra money. Put some away for the rainy day. Also, people pay your taxes. Growing up, I knew Christians who did not pay their taxes.
0: Sure. I know very wealthy people that don't pay taxes either. Who
1: probably are Christians, even though there is a biblical command from the man himself that says, pay Caesar what is Caesar's. Like, pay your taxes. Yeah. Jesus said that. So you asked about the heavy-handedness of the political viewpoints. I think that's where we're at, especially on some of these fiscal issues. Be a good person.
0: I can accept that. I don't know if I'd run in your party on the religious aspects, but if those were weaved through your platform... It would take a really awful person to argue some of that, you know, like, (laughs) be good. No, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So, in the Free People's Party, similar ideas, in a way. Our whole basis, though, is we are going to be better stewards of the tax money. We take in a colossal amount of taxes, as is, and the system needs fixed in general, but we take in a ton of money, and we waste a ton of money. If you're ever bored, just Google waste of government money, and it is shocking some of the things that we have spent as a country money on. We are going to slash the military's colossal budget And that will free up a ton of money right there. We're going to look at entitlements. We're going to look at a lot of things that people don't want to touch. But the whole idea is balanced budget, which shouldn't be insane, but it is in our current political climate. And then just to reduce the deficit. I know people get up there and say these things all of the time, but we would be serious about this. We're going to run on these things and then actually try to follow through, not just try to get people out of the woodwork because they believe in that. Because we are wrecking the country right now with the amount of deficit spending and just the amount of debt that we're in. And someone's going to have to take care of that down the road, and we just keep pushing that further and further down. Our whole thing would be to take care of that and work to reduce government spending to make that happen because we take in so much money like I referenced before. Also with that, I agree with you. We are shutting down the loopholes. The fact that Warren Buffett's effective tax rate is smaller than his secretary, that whole idea, that is insane. We're going to tax people fairly. I think taxes could overall be reduced if everyone is paying their fair share. And I'm not saying tax the rich more necessarily, but the fact that they're not paying any, that just doesn't make sense. And those would be easy fixes and I think would be popular amongst the 99%. I think you could get stuff like that to happen. Corporate taxes, whoever or whatever Supreme Court decision decided that corporations were people or could operate like people, that is insane. They are not people. They need to be taxed at appropriate levels. The amount of profits that they're passing on to their CEOs and stockholders and whatnot, that's just not a way to run a country. That's terrible fiscal policy. And that goes for farm subsidies. That goes for a lot of things that will be incredibly unpopular. I'm ending all of that stuff. Like you said, we're running a household. This is not just a tax and spend type a situation. We're going to buckle it back and do some unpopular things, but the whole idea is to make the country stronger and not at the mercy of foreign governments or the situation we're in now.
1: We talk about the idea of minimum wage all the time, but nobody ever brings up an idea of a maximum wage for CEOs. The fact that they make over 300 times more than what some of their employees make. In some ways, that is a ridiculous idea. I would be careful with farm subsidies. The idea there is like you don't plant some things, so you don't wreck markets and overplant and kind of destroy like Great Depression, Dust Bowl type of situation.
0: I get it. And that's always the fine line of retracting government is because I'm putting faith, and people to understand these things, which you're already smirking. That's a terrible idea. But at the same time, I would rather live on that edge of things. I'd rather be on the least oppressive side of government. So you're exactly right. That would take some improved education, which I think would be a great topic next. Tell me about education in the Samaritan Party.
1: Okay, so it's a continuation of our current system, free public mandatory education, fully funded, Increase teacher pay to attract better teachers and then reduce classroom sizes. We need to make sure that our education system is funded because a lot of the ideas, a lot of the discourse discussion that we have is supposed to come from public education. One of its purposes is to create an intelligent electorate. We have failed in that sense. Civic education obviously is a part of that, but education across the board.
0: I would echo that as well. This less authoritarian, libertarian idea of government doesn't mean that we forsake all things. The government, while inherently evil in my opinion, is an entity that can provide a defense, a protection, and an education. I feel that's what a government should do. And yeah, a free, very, very strong education should be provided to its citizens. That is in the best interest of our country. That protects our country to the point where if you are going to be a farmer and you're in school, you should understand the effects of planting a certain crop and global markets and balancing that. So you are a good citizen, essentially. And like you said, we have failed dramatically at that. So the Free People's Party would be a strong proponent of education and tax dollars would be utilized for that so that our electorate was intelligent. To piggyback on that free and open internet, the fact that the government right now is cramping down on internet or trying to regulate it, not on board with that at all. The internet is a great tool for education and we cannot let government in that for us. So what do you mean by
1: free internet? Literally, provide like you purchase your computer and now you have access to the internet type of technology?
0: Yeah, I'd almost get on board with that. True anarchists are like, no, bad right now. But legitimately, it's not a right by any stretch, but it facilitates the vast majority of our world right now. And as far as educating the populace, what I was getting at more was the FCC ruling that some people can throttle your internet service if you're visiting these sites or you can't access these sites the internet is a beautiful experiment in anarchy and now government is trying to come in there and regulate it which i mean you can make arguments for that like the filth that's on facebook indoctrinating people to go shoot up post offices and send bombs through the mail like i understand all of these arguments but at the end of the day i want that to be a free open resource that does not have the hands of government micromanaging it I see what you mean there.
1: That idea of broadband services and connection, like that would be a platform that we would be on board with. Even like the free internet services, the airwaves are free. Yeah, access to that type of thing, access to education, access to information, access to each other, connection, communication, big important aspect of this.
0: And we have a lot of overlap here. We're coming from two directly different places. I'm sure we'll hit something here real soon, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think the next topic should be there?
1: Uh, let's go environment. We are the keepers of the garden. One of the reasons we're here like, to keep the garden climate change first of all is real and humans are causing it and we need to understand what our impact is and we need to create laws to reduce our negative impact on the environment and to clear up a couple terms first i want people to understand like oh the ozone layer that was real fake and it's not global warming because it's cold outside i'm talking about climate change you cut down all the trees all the trees are gone that is climate change erosion deforestation desertification salination of soils Those are all things that are human caused that we can put into place where we can slow that, we can preclude that type of thing. You know, emissions into the air. Surely no one is saying like, oh, this causes no harm whatsoever. Huge population cities and the masks they have to wear because of the pollution. These are real evidential things that... Climate change is happening and is human cause, and we need to make sure that we're protecting that. We will put funds towards research and implementation of alternative energies. There's enough out there that we could do that, and that's you talking about new jobs. You're talking about a lot of things in that sense. So, environmentally speaking, we are environmentally friendly.
0: I will echo the goals that you just shared with us. I will not echo the means. to those goals. I struggle with allowing a political party or government to tell me what to do with respect to the environment. What I would prefer, and this is going to keep going back to education for me. The reason we need regulation is because people are idiots. I mean, the reason why the Republican Party are just vehemently denying climate change, not all of them, I know I'm making these sweeping generalizations, but it's because they're not educated. There's enough quote-unquote fake news or misinformation out there. They latch onto that and they're like, oh, this is not true. I'm going to go burn a thousand tons of coal. Ha! no worries. The reason we need regulations for that is just because people, like I said, do not understand the truth and the facts of what's happening. If you better educate the populace, then ideally, again, I'm putting way too much faith in people, but ideally they take care of that themselves. They self-govern. And that is what I would prefer. Once you start letting government do these regulations and micromanage, that's where you get into trouble. That's where you get to where we are now, and I'm so reluctant of that. I get what you're saying. I respect it. I just don't want government to do it. I want it to come from ourselves. Now, you also hit corporations. That's a huge problem my uh, political party we're gonna have to do something with that and that goes with taxing as well right now it's a plutocracy to some extent they literally lobby and do what they want they control some levers of government that shouldn't happen we would need to do something about that but at the end of the day a better education people understanding what their actions do to the environment that's how i'd want to approach that does that take a really long time it does but i'd rather self-govern than turn it over to the government all right Next topic. Let's go guns.
1: Yeah. First of all, guns are awesome. And I am a great shot. Good to know. I'm an advocate of proper gun usage. And so the Second Amendment has its place, particularly that second portion of it where the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. That is important. Part of that is I grew up in Missouri and have lived and had connections to rural parts of Missouri as well where guns were utilized for their purpose. I have been hunting and I have shot targets and I have done all these things. With that being said, there is a first- Portion of the Second Amendment, which says a well regulated militia. Obviously, that's talking about an army, but at the same time, like, I do think that even the people that have guns should be well regulated. Missouri's current law that you can conceal and carry at 19 years of age with no training or licensing is absolutely insane. It is ridiculous. We used to have a test in place where you'd have to go and get certified. That's fine. You have proved to a law enforcement officer or someone who has training, you have Approved. Your ability to not shoot yourself in the foot or you've proved how to store it properly so the children can't get a hold of it. I think that those measures would be pretty simple to put into place. And then also the background checks and the registries. Law-abiding people have nothing to fear from those things. But having guns in the hands of criminal or insane people is beyond me. And how we can't put things into place to help reduce the availability of guns to people who shouldn't have them. Violent felons who have a history of... Uh, violent crimes those type of things it should be clamped down on they are a dangerous tool that need to be handled properly and there are ways to handle them properly and you can be trained to handle them properly and to respect them and to use them the way they're to be used that's where we would fall on the second amendment
0: the free people's party echoes you in a lot of ways we do have some agreement here Typically, when you think of anarchist or libertarian beliefs on guns, it boils down to all guns all the time, no regulation. But if you think about it, and you mentioned it, something like a registry or something like a background check, that is not violating personal freedoms. That is merely assuring that someone's not going to go shoot up a school or someone that's not qualified to have a gun doesn't have one. In fact, that's probably protecting your personal freedoms. That way, you're not getting mowed down in a movie theater. I will diverge from a typical anarchist. There are common sense small government things, like minimalist government things that can protect the citizens. And that is what government boils down to education and protecting its citizens. I said that at the start and not letting, I don't know, 19 year olds pack a AK-47 in a movie theater without a license or any sort of tracking on that. I don't think that's government overreach. I think that's protecting the people. But yeah, I agree with you. Guns should be allowed. If you're educated and reasonable and responsible, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to own a firearm.
1: Are there types of guns that you would restrict?
0: No. And that's the scary thing is because the whole gun debate is do we really need guns with magazines that have 4 million bullets in it? Technically, no. But I don't think it's the government's place to decide what kind of gun you should or should not have. I think it boils down to uh, making sure that. We're just not allowing people that don't deserve guns to have guns, and not in a government control way, but just in a reasonable keeping the population safe. So I'm not going to make specific gun laws.
1: Could I own a functioning uh, bazooka with live ordnance? I don't see why not. Oh, wow. A stinger missile. I don't know how I'd shoot it <laughs> without a wing of a
0: plane. Could I own a stinger missile? Sure. Uh, If you are a tank, a good individual, I don't see why you couldn't own those things. I mean, think of all the other crazy, you own a 2000 pound bullet that you drive around every day. I trust you with that.
1: Yeah. I'll trust you with a tank. I have been licensed to drive my bullet.
0: How insane is that? What? Just, To be clear, in case you think I'm truly a fruity anarchist, I have no problem with the driver's license (laughs) system. That does not infringe on my personal freedoms. I think that's pretty reasonable. Driving
1: past people at 140 miles an hour with like five feet between us, like, please know what you're doing. What about a nuke? Could I own a nuke? Yeah, you could own a nuke. Yeah, I guess the idea, like, it makes sense you would say that, but if I'm responsible, I wouldn't use that nuke. Exactly. I'd be like, come look at my nuke. Right. I'd be like, is that for real? I'm like,
0: yeah and again i'm putting way too much faith in people and i'm a public educator and i should know better but (laughs) i want to be free if i want to own a nuke and park my car on the grass i should be able to i'm educated to the point where i wouldn't do either of those things but i should be able to i want to be free sean mines
1: i understand that and i don't want you to be free (laughs) because that scares me a lot exactly because i don't trust people
0: let's do one more topic Let's go abortion.
1: Yeah, see, this is where I think that in our current political system, liberals and Democrats lose out on a good portion of the population.
0: And I think this goes right back to the beginning of this podcast, as far as why is Missouri a strict Republican state? Was that one of the issues or yes. group of it? Yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So there is no place for pro life people in the Democratic Party, and that is hurting places with conservative Democrats like Missouri. I know, and I don't know how many, but I know that there are at least one person who has the view that they have to vote for the Republican based solely on the abortion issue and I think that misses out on a lot of opportunity you know the Democratic Party is not inclusive to all ideas and so this is a controversial issue again happy to discuss this with anyone but the Samaritan Party is pro-life The Supreme Court has ruled that abortion is a constitutional right, like privacy, all that stuff. So we're in a situation where laws don't necessarily change that. The Trump administration is trying to push conservative judges in. I would be surprised if they overturn Roe v. Wade. I would be surprised. Could it happen? Sure. Will it? I don't know. But there's always amendment, there's always other things that could happen that's kind of out of the control of political parties. So, the first thing that we would push, and this goes back to the education issue, is try to fund preventative pregnancy measures, sex education, contraception availability, reduce the factors that lead to teen pregnancy. Don't just address the symptom. In some ways, abortion is a symptom of our society. I am personally a fan of babies. I do believe, and again, this is personal viewpoint, but that life begins at conception. We already have some laws in place that do restrict late-term abortions and things like that except in extreme cases and obviously this is going to be you know always the sticking point well what about this what about this rape incest health of the mother those type of situations have to be looked at individually and so you have a lot of places and i think the u.s as well where those would be taken into consideration that's a harsh reality but again like i said this is one of those places where people won't go to vote for all the things they may agree with in the democratic party it might be immigration or social issues racial issues just because of this one issue of abortion. And it's a big issue, and I know it's it's one that's going to get people fired up, so some some restrictions and I understand why women feel so so strongly about this issue. Like I I understand that because I don't understand what it's like to be pregnant. So it's just a lot of a lot of things that go into this, but that would be the party platform try to reduce the number of unwanted pregnancies before they happen so that we don't have to deal with the unwanted pregnancy at all. And it's got to be more than just the Christian viewpoint is well easy, don't have sex. Easy, but unrealistic, and probably not actually easy. So we have to have a realistic approach. Is the goal reducing abortions? Or is the goal reducing people having sex? Of those two things, I feel like reducing the number of abortions across the board is the goal. I've met very few people, I've actually met one person, who have called themselves pro-abortion. The idea that every baby should be aborted or that we should encourage abortion, I don't know that that's out there. I may hear from people that it is, but that is a strong viewpoint that I don't think people are really in favor of. But that's what it is, and it's pro-life across the board.
0: Are you operating within the current Roe v. Wade framework where... It I, technically is still legal. You I just try to reduce it?
1: Yeah, and so I think that's one of the things. is like It has to be reduced. You start passing laws that the Supreme Court are going to strike down, then you're kind of stuck. And so if the goal is anti-abortion, then there needs to be a realistic push for all things anti-abortion. Adoption measures, reducing fees and stuff for adoption and making it easier to adopt. All the measures, anything that we could do to help preserve the lives of these children Then the declaration of independence it's life liberty and the pursuit of happiness if we are allowed to pursue happiness without the ability to necessarily gain it then we should be able to pursue liberty and we should be able to pursue life I know that's kind of an abstract thought, but that's what these fetuses are doing. They are pursuing life.
0: I and the Free People's Party, we disagree with your policy. Not the end state, though. I would say the exact same thing as far as what to do. Lots of education and information on reducing abortions. Because, I mean, ultimately, you can feel whichever way on abortion, you are killing something. And... That seems to violate freedom. I would not strike down or attempt to strike down Roe v. Wade. Our party platform is pro-choice. That is ultimately your decision, but increase education on that to try to reduce abortion. Is it illegal in my system? No, never illegal, but at the end of the day, it is reduced. Do you think in a hypothetical future democracy that the Free People's Party and the Samaritan Party just by nature could work together?
1: Well, we shared a lot of similar ideas.
0: The Venn diagram does have some overlap.
1: There is some. I think any group of people can find ways to work together to achieve an end. You know, you asked me first, like, there would be nothing to preclude atheists from entering the Samaritan Party. I don't feel that it's a party of religion, like we're forcing religion on people. We're just using a particular ethical guide as a way to make decisions, something to base those on. And so agree with the base work or not. Like if we can agree to move some things forward, we can work with people.
0: I think this all circles back to that weird revelation we made at the kind of beginning where we just don't have political parties and we run on merits and beliefs and that type of thing. Mm. And then we could do all kinds of awesome things. Yeah. I may
1: be, I may be on board for that revolution. Let's explore this. I'll paint on some cardboard for that let's do it
0: yeah all right we will wrap this up that was a very thrilling discussion i'm happy i can sit down with someone that on the surface i don't agree with at all but we can come to some common sense solutions that would probably better america it's it's fulfilling i think if you live in an echo chamber you haven't spoken to someone that disagrees with you on something go do it it's so fulfilling i feel good right now and i hate myself (laughs) it's Sad, man. It's something everyone should try, and honestly, the country can only get better if we have more of this dialogue. Got a song pick of the week? Yeah, song pick of the week. If you don't
1: like who's in there, vote them out. Willie Nelson, that'll mix up your flavor on the
0: Spotify playlist. Uh, My song pick of the week is called The Odds of Being Alone by Trent Dabbs, and that'll put you in a good place. Thanks for joining us for the second part of third parties. I hope you all learned something. I hope you all are looking in the internet trying to find the webpage for the Samaritan Party or the Free People's Party. We're going to not get these started but maybe i don't know maybe we'll ban political parties who knows two millennials one podcast just spawns all kinds of crazy ideas but thank you for listening thanks again for sean for joining us always glad to be here pleasure we'll see you next week folks